Happy Mother's Day, moms. Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her, and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, in the day, all the days of her life. She finds wool and flax and busily spins it. She's like a merchant's ship bringing her food from afar. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servants' gifts. Girls, servants' girls. She goes to inspect a field and buys it with her earnings. She plants a vineyard. She is energetic and strong, a hard worker. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. Her hands are busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting fiber. She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. She has no fear of winter for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. She makes her own bedspread. She dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. Her husband is well known at the city gates where he sits with the other civic leaders. She makes belted linen garments and sashes to sell to the merchants. She's clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise. She gives instruction with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you, you surpass them all. (coughs) Charm is deceptive. And beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward for her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. Happy Mother's Day. You know, this is a day when when families pay special tribute to moms. You know, we'll take you out to dinner and buy you a gift. But sad is that Mother's Day can just be a time when families try to atone for a year's worth of neglect of who mom is. And it shouldn't be that way, but in some families it certainly is. Most people agree that, that we're living in a, in a post-Christian era. And let, let me explain that a little bit. The church isn't dead. Christianity isn't dead. But the influence that biblical Christianity once had on this country... And upon the culture, if we went back a hundred years ago, the church really and Christianity wouldn't really look like it did then. And I think what's happened is that secular humanistic reasoning has taken the place of biblical truth when it comes to home and family standards. The truth of God's word, uh, the truths, are absolutes that guide us through life and and they're to be embraced. But here's the problem. The problem is our minds have been darkened by secularism and sin. And a lot of the time, the lines between what's biblical or secular are blurred, and it's being seen within the church. And you say, well, what in the world does that have to do with Mother's Day? It has everything to do with Mother's Day because it's talking about who are we honoring. If we aren't honoring God, we, we certainly are not going to honor mothers. 
And a trend today is there's a failure to square opinions and reasoning and emotions with Scripture. And, and that happens especially at home. We read Romans 12.2, Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And we think that only applies to our moral behavior, but, but not to things like marriage or raising children. Instead, uh, we leave all that up to Dr. Phil and the other pop psychologists that are out there today, and they'll take care of raising our kids. Just read another book, and that book will tell us that, that we're doing things all wrong. Jimmy deserves 12th place because, after all, we don't want to discourage that poor little darling. And when Jimmy gets into the real world, we don't, we don't have any Jimmys in here, do we? Okay. Uh, when Jimmy gets into the real world, uh, he finds out that there is no 12th place. It's first place or you're done. <laughs> and that's what moms do today, the godly mothers, the mothers who really put Christ first in the home, in the lives of their children, make sure that, that the standards of of faith and the standards of the Bible are taught to the kids. And I think that this, this passage has, uh, has two really uh, important structural truths. And the first thing is that uh, each verse in Proverbs 31 begins with the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And it also is in order of the Hebrew alphabet. Now, the only Hebrew I knew ran a delicatessen, so I, I don't know any Hebrew. I'm not going to try and, and, uh, and wow you with that. But the second thing, the virtuous woman is the theme throughout this entire chapter. And this isn't just talking about mothers. A virtuous woman can be a young woman. A virtuous woman can be a single woman. A virtuous woman is that woman who helps her neighbor. A virtuous woman is, is that person who, who is willing to push that chair to make sure that that, that person who's not, not able to navigate themselves is going to be where she belongs. See, virtuous women push virtuous women to get you to sit in that place today. So virtuous women, it, it's, it's not about necessarily about marriage, but in this passage, we're, we're going to focus on mom. I think that uh, there's five qualities of a virtuous woman that I see here. And the first thing is, she's trustworthy and devoted. Guys, think about your wife. Think about your wife. She is trustworthy and devoted. You say, well, John, I'm not married. Okay, here's your assignment. Don't mess around with a woman that isn't trustworthy and devoted. Her husband can trust her, and she will greatly enrich his life. Think about that. A Proverbs 31 woman is going to be right there beside you, sometimes behind you, sometimes delivering a swift kick in the back of your lap when you need it the most to get you inspired. That's a virtuous woman. That's a woman you can count on. That's a woman who is 
trustworthy and devoted. She has her husband's confidence and she enhances his reputation. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. Her husband is well known at the city gates where he sits with the other civic leaders. Do you think it's because he's a real hot shot? It's because of his woman, his wife, that these people, that he is well known, that he is honored. Second thing, she's a woman of diligence and wisdom. She finds wool and flax and busily, busily spins it. She's like a merchant's ship bringing her food from afar. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servants and girls. She goes to inspect a field and buys it with her earnings. She plants a vineyard. She's energetic and strong, a hard worker. She makes sure that her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. Her hands are busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting the fiber. What a diligence. Now, I, I don't know if, if, you, if you ladies, if you wives go about buying a, a vineyard to, to uh, plant. <laughs> um, I don't know that you uh, get up early in the morning to fix breakfast. We don't do that in my house. That's not us. But there's food in that refrigerator. There's food. There's, there's times where, where you, you wives, your, your husband leaves early in the morning and you, you, are, you are there planning a menu, going to the store. Uh, we don't have ships that are bringing, <laughs> uh, bringing the stuff to the docks. You wait on the Walmart truck to unload. And so that is, that is part of, of your dealings with this world. She's not afraid of work. She's a wise shopper. She plans ahead. Hard worker. Hard worker. Uh, I'm, it's Mother's Day. I'm going to brag on you. If Ask to see Sarita's arm. No, okay, don't. Um, I got the look. You know the look. But she looks like she's been sorting wildcats in a gunny sack. She was cutting rose bushes, trimming them back. Why? So the place could look good. I didn't mind that the rose bushes were bushy. I think that that's part of the... Being a guy, I guess, we like bushy rose bushes. But it wasn't neat and tidy and orderly. And you couldn't plug the extension cord in. She's not afraid of hard work. She's a giving person. The virtuous woman is a giving person. She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. If she can meet a need, the virtuous woman will do that. Even if it's just a kind word, you say, well, we don't have much. But what we've got, we'll share. We don't have a need for all of this, but somebody else does, so we're going to take our this and let somebody else have it so they can have the this and they can get on with ministry virtuous woman. Virtuous women will, will be at a place where, where they will help and open their arms to the needy, whatever that need is. It isn't just food. It may just be that you, you pay a visit to somebody who's, who's uh, laid up at the house. She can't get out. Virtu- maybe, maybe it's saying, hey, can I do that load of wash for you? There's all kinds of things that that this woman does as she opens her arms to the needy. 
verse, verse 20 says that she extends her hand to the poor. In other words, she's planned ahead well enough to be able to not only take care of her family's needs, but to help other people too. And you don't have to be old to do that. You can be a young person. You don't have to be married to do that. You don't have to be a mom to do that. You can start being a virtuous woman even as a single person. She is dependable. Guys, if you have a virtuous woman in your house and she tells you a rooster can pull a freight train, you hook that critter up because it's going to happen. She's not going to tell you something that isn't going to work. Amen? Dependable. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servant girls. We need some servant girls. We need some servant guys. We just need servants. I'd like to do that. Sit at the gate. (laughs) Yeah, servants you don't have to pay. You just feed them. (laughs) I lost my place. Thanks a bunch. (laughs) Oh, she has no fear of winter for her household. For everyone has warm clothes and a snow shovel. I didn't say that. (laughs) She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Oh, man. Okay, so, so maybe, maybe that load, load of uh, wash didn't get done. Maybe those dishes didn't get cleaned up from breakfast. But maybe that sick little girl, that sick little boy, that sick, that sick mother-in-law, that, that, that neighbor that was needful of your service, that that's what you spent the day doing. And guys, we can't be critical of our, of our ladies just because there's clothes that haven't been folded or dishes that haven't been done because she's been involved serving other people. Here's a thought. Fold the clothes and do the dishes for her. Just saying. When adversity comes, be it bad weather or something else, she's got a plan to deal with it. That's what a virtuous woman does. And she's a woman who loves the Lord. Here's a woman who's guided and directed by God's word and God's wisdom. You know, charm is deceptive. Beauty does not last. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward for her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. Uh, guys, I hope you married your best friend. And guys, I hope that when your wife steps into that room, any room, she still takes your breath away. Oh, she may have a, a wrinkle here and there, but those aren't really wrinkles. Those are war maps the battles that you've fought. Guys, I hope you don't, and, and ladies, don't get focused so much on I don't look like this or I don't look like that. I didn't wear my makeup. <laughs> uh, it's not about that. Now, you, you know, you might, ladies, you might read through this and say that uh, this isn't describing a normal woman. This is, this is Wonder Woman. And you're right. And actually, it's a good assessment of a woman who is living in a supernatural way with a supernatural God. And it has to be that way because there are a few things that are more important to society than godly mothers. 
we got to have more of you. The Bible is clear in teaching that the family is the foundation of society. And while fathers are responsible for, for the way the family goes, moms, you're the glue that holds it all together. Since mothers are so important to the family and society, need, and society we need to look at some of the problems that you ladies face. We guys, need, we need to look at that. And then I think that we can show some genuine appreciation when we start to realize the attacks that are on our wives. And the Bible warns over and over again about the anti-Christian forces that are constantly at work to get us to adopt the values and attitudes of the world. And she's gonna, he's, the, the, the devil's going to fight against you, fight against the family, and try and, and destroy mom. Romans tells us that we're not to, Romans 12 tells us again that we're not to, we're not to buy into the world's patter. We aren't supposed to be shoved into the mold that the world has for us. Let me be blunt and tell, with you what the, tell you what that means. Motherhood is a career. People say, do you work outside the home? I don't have time to work outside the home. I'm a mom. I'm so busy working inside the home, I don't have the ability to work a career. But some women really are able to do that. They step up, and they are able to work outside the home. That's a job. Home is the ministry, and that's a career. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy that perilous times would come, and in the last days, uh, because people would be uh, lovers of themselves and lovers of money, They'd be boastful, prideful, and and blasphemous. And I see that disobedience to parents and unthankfulness comes from a sense of that over-exaggerated self-worth that children have not picked up on from what mom has been teaching. What do you think that, that a child who acts this way What kind of effect do you think that has on mom? See, by the very nature of her creation, she's geared to needing to be loved and cherished. She needs affection. And she needs reassurance. You know, the old boy, their husband and wife are going along, and, and, uh, and she says, Honey, you never tell me you love me. He says, I told you I loved you when we were married. And if anything changes, I'll let you know. That's not love. Reassure her that you love her. What happens when the husband loves himself more than the wife and when he loves money more than his wife? It's, it's, it's bad news. You see, remember it was Eve that, first, that Satan first attacked and immediately... It affected the home. And he still attacks us today, and he comes after our wives, the mothers. And you couple that with the fact that people, sometimes husbands, are responsible for that, and that's when the wheels start falling off of the family. That's when we start hearing about divorces. That's where we start hearing about abuse. That's when we start hearing about, about desertion. Because men are lovers of themselves, they're lovers of money, they're proud, 
Kids sometimes are disobedient. People are unthankful and unloving. And these humanistic beliefs and behavior patterns will destroy mom. It will destroy the family and the home. Because she keeps it all moving together. And those of us who are husbands and fathers need to understand that, that even though our wives are the keepers of the home, we need to be the protectors of our wife. I'm not talking about chasing away the boogeyman. That goes without saying. I'm talking about protecting her heart. Protecting her integrity. Protecting her purity. I don't want to ever hear one of you guys call your wife the old lady. I'll sick Sarita on you, and you don't want to deal with that. It's your wife. Your bride. In fact, it's so important that Jesus compared her to the church. Huh. Go ahead. Tell Jesus that the church is, your old, is, is his old lady. Watch him zap you to the max. Sick him, God. We should not allow humanism to infiltrate our homes and, and the lives of our families. We can do a whole lot about it. We can't do a whole lot about it out in the world. But we can make sure that it doesn't come into the, fa- into the family, into the home. Look what Paul says in, in, about this in Ephesians uh, 5, 23, 29. I don't know that I put this up. This was uh, uh, one of those pulled out of thin air deals. Yeah, I had a dream. Ephesians 23, 29 says in uh, chapter 5, 23 through 29, For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. Now, that's not doormat theology. That is that you have the same attitude, men, that Christ had for the church. He didn't demand anything of the church. He went to the cross and died for her. <laughs> That's the attitude. Not to submit, woman! For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved her, loved the church. He gave up his life to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. And See, uh, Paul is mixing. He's going in and out with the the uh, uh, analogy of, of the, the wife and the church. And, and I think it's significant when we see the, the importance of, of how uh, uh, he compares those two. And in Christ's understanding, it's very, very important. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cared for the church. This passage tells me that husbands are the head of the house, but also it says that we are to love our wives just like Christ loved the church. Let's get back to Proverbs 31. So, So the demands on you ladies are pretty unbelievable. You know, shopping, preparing meals, washing, ironing, house cleaning, caring for the many needs of the family. You're the counselor, you're the nurse, you're the doctor. Uh, you may sew people up. You may, you may have to patch them up. You are, you are referee, taxi cab driver, uh, officiate in, in sporting events in the backyard. 
And looking at that list, we think that the lady that's doing all these things is probably a basket case. Let me suggest how moms can be virtuous women without losing your mind. <laughs> Sacrificial love. That's talking about talking to us guys. Sacrificial love. We need, we need to help out. Two things, in this, I've told you this before, the two things in this world I hate doing more than anything. I'd rather take a beating than make the bed and take out the garbage. I would. So, I make the bed and take out the garbage. <laughs> Why? Not because it's, it's it, 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 maybe it does take a little bit of a load uh, off her, but it pleases her. And when that happens, it pleases my Lord. And we can do that, not just husbands, but kids. Want to make your mom happy? Want to give her an absolute coronary? <laughs> do something before you're told. Do something before you're even asked. You say, I am going to own that. It's going to be mine. And mom, you're never going to have to tell me that again. If you need some job to do, come over and make my bed and take out my garbage. Guys, it's not beneath us to do the laundry or to, or to do the dishes. Uh, I think that we can look at the things that, that she does every day. And, and, you know, here's the thing, that if she... I'm talking about she like you ladies aren't even here. If you have a career outside, if you have a job or career outside of the home, and you still come home, you have the, the home to take care of. So now you've got two jobs, and one you don't get paid for. <laughs> but... At the same time, we can help lighten your load, ladies. We could wash and clean the gas the car for each and every week. Go get gas, wash the car, vacuum it out. Well, she'd love that. Wash the dishes or unload and unload the dishwasher. Make the bed, take out the garbage. <laughs> Watch the kids so she can have a day out. Give her a, give her a, a, a ticket that says, uh, uh, here is a day to the spa. Say, I don't have a spa wife. How do you know? Have you ever tried it? Well, she's never said she liked the spa. Well, maybe she would. Don't know until you ask. And you could sit down and say, honey, you know, if we had a maid, if we had a maid, what is the one thing that you would have that maid do? And listen to her. I shudder to think what would happen. And I think, guys, that we, we do it joyfully. And don't ever say, well, that's women's work. It's work. It's homework. It's, it's housework, and you're part of that house, so you should do some of the work. Here's the proof text. Colossians 3.23 says, Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Okay. So, love your wife. I'm going to work here really hard. Well, you took five minutes honoring the graduates, so I get some time. Uh, be sure your priorities are straight. Ladies, make sure your priorities are straight. Luke chapter 10, we read the story of Mary and Martha. You know, and, and uh, there's some people that have been, have been kind of hard on, on, uh, uh, on Martha. And yet, we look at Mary, and she found the time to sit at Jesus' feet and learn from her Lord. Both the ladies could have done that. 
Doesn't make any difference if supper's a little late or the biscuits get burned. And I hope everyone realizes this is the same Mary that went to the tomb and is the first person to see the resurrected Lord. In fact, she was the first person commissioned to be an evangelist. Jesus said, go and tell the other people that I've rose, risen from the dead. And the lesson learned is that mom need to make Mary's priority your priority. And if you end up seeing yourself as a Martha doing all the stuff and not taking time to sit at Jesus' feet, it can start sowing some seeds of bitterness and resentment, self-pity, and maybe even some tension. Susanna Wesley had 19 kids. Susanna Wesley's uh, son was uh, John Wesley and Charles Wesley. John Wesley was the founder of the Methodist uh, church back in the early, early, early 1800s. Charles Wesley, look in the hymn books. Oh, we don't have hymn books. Well, if you find a hymn book, look at it, and Charles Wesley wrote a boatload of of hymns. And uh, this was a mother that spent a time every single day with one of those 19 kids. One hour a day, she would sit in her chair, and she would take her apron and throw it up over her head, and that meant this is mom's timeout. She put herself in timeout. Don't, you know, if you're bleeding, ask one of the older kids to fix you. This is my time to be with my Lord. Are you doing that? I think, guys, we need to be doing that too. We need to be setting the example. The Bible makes it pretty clear that no wife or husband or mom or dad can be the spouse or parent that God has called them to be without the Lord. Um, The last two verses of Proverbs 31, and then we'll close. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. See, the woman who who fears the Lord doesn't have a toot her own horn. It gets tooted for her. She doesn't have to brag or boast about what she's accomplished. Her work is going to speak for itself. Her children are going to rise up and call her blessed. Her grandchildren will rise up and call her blessed. Want to know what kind of job you did as a parent? Really want to know what the litmus test is to see how good you were as a parent? Look at your grandkids. If your grandkids are bums, (laughs) or could be, none in here. If you know somebody that has a grandkid that's a bum... (laughs) It's probably that person didn't do a very good job as a parent. Let me encourage you, ladies. God doesn't call you to be perfect. He calls you to walk in his perfection. Take time out. Sit at the feet of Jesus. This is what I learned from you ladies this week. This is what I learned from Proverbs 31. The virtuous woman is trustworthy and devoted. She's a woman of diligence and wisdom. She's a giving person. She's dependable. And she's a woman who loves the Lord. Ladies, I thank you. I thank you for being who you are. I thank you for your potential. Maybe you're not a mom now. Maybe you're an aunt. Maybe you have little cousins. 
But this is a time where you ladies can build into the lives of children, your own, build into the lives of your grandchildren, build into the lives of your great-grandchildren. With that, I want moms, if you're a mom, I want you to, to, to stand up. If you can't stand, just raise your hand. <laughs> if you're a mom, stand up. If you're a grandma, stand up. If you're a great-grandma, do a jig. <laughs> Ladies, what? They got music in their souls, sister. Let me, uh, let me give you guys a blessing, if I may. Lord Jesus, I lift these dear saints to you. I thank you, Lord, for all their giftedness. I thank you, Lord, for their dedication. I thank you for their love, for their family, for their, for their, for their church, for you. Thank you for their love for the word. Lord, I pray that you would preserve them and protect them, protect their home. Give these, give these ladies the ability to, to look into the future and see the needs of the home and protect the family and, Lord, be an encouragement to their husbands. Lord, I thank you for them, and I ask you to remind them daily how much you love them. In your son's precious name and for his sake, amen.